Hey friends, welcome back to Woka Radio. Happy Holy Week. This week's podcast episode is a little different than our last couple of episodes on women's health. Today is just a quick message from the bottom of my heart as we enter into Easter weekend. And as throughout this week, I have really been thinking just about what it means being a follower of Jesus on this earth today in 2021, considering what he did on that cross over 2,000 years ago. I titled today's episode, How Then Should We Live? And I know I'm sort of copying the title of Francis Schaeffer's book called How Should We Then Live? Y'all may have heard of it. It's a fabulous work of literature and so, so depthful and rich. I highly recommend it if you're looking for a good book. But I'm going to be honest, I am not a theologian. I ain't got no seminary degree. So y'all go easy on this simple girl from Georgia because (laughs) this is not going to be over your head. It's just a plain word, um, but that I surely hope encourages your heart and gets you excited about celebrating Easter this weekend and the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Savior Jesus. So today is what we call Maundy. I call it Maundy. Some people call it Maundy Thursday or Holy Thursday in the Christian faith. Did y'all know that Maundy is is derived from the Latin word mandatum, which means command. And it refers to when we call this day before Easter, Maundy Thursday, we are referring to the new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples in that upper room the Thursday before his death on Friday. And what's awesome and incredible is that this command is ultimately also for all of us who are Christ followers. And we're going to get into this in just a second and what it means for us here and now. But first, y'all, I hope I'm not going to cry because I definitely did while I was preparing for this um, episode today. But there is just something about this day and this week that totally wrecks me. To think that the God of the universe, a perfect and holy God, would send his son, his one and only son, to this fallen earth in human form, a baby, then a boy, then a teenager, and then a man, a man who was initially popular and loved by the masses, but who ultimately was canceled by his culture. (laughs) If we think that we know what cancel culture is, that is a big LOL in comparison to what Jesus walked through. I recently read a Louis Giglio quote that said, they thought they canceled Jesus, but they didn't know that Jesus was canceling their sin. I mean, that's a mic drop right there, (laughs) y'all. Anyway, Several important events of the Easter story happen today on Maundy Thursday. Jesus prepares the Last Supper with his disciples, his closest confidants. And that Last Supper was meant to commemorate the Passover feast, which was observed generation after generation 
in the Jewish faith as a remembrance of God delivering Israel from Egypt. If you remember, God sent seven plagues back in the Old Testament to Egypt to ultimately prompt Pharaoh to free his people, the Israelites, from slavery. God sent multiple plagues prior to the last and the final plague, but Pharaoh's heart was so hardened that he refused to free the Israelite slaves. So the last plague, the final straw that ultimately caused Pharaoh to throw his hands up in the air and say, let them go, was when God sent the angel of death over the Egyptian nation to kill every Egyptian family's firstborn son. So prior to this, God commanded Moses to tell all of the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb and spread that lamb's blood over their doors so that the angel of death would pass over their household and spare their firstborn sons. Ultimately, we know that the firstborns of all of Egypt were visited by the angel of death and killed, but God spared the Israelites' firstborn sons. So obviously, Pharaoh then let the people go, and this marked the exodus of Jews from slavery and into freedom. So fast forward to Jesus, who is also a Jew, is remembering he now in this Passover feast, is remembering God's faithfulness with his people on this Maundy Thursday by having the Passover meal with his closest buds. So what is so incredible about Jesus is that this Passover feast that he is celebrating with the disciples the night before his death is so, so powerful. This time, it is way more than just a remembrance of a physical deliverance from a physical slavery in Egypt. Jesus is the Passover lamb. He is the fulfillment of the scriptures and the law. He is saying to his main people, hey, from now on, when you celebrate this Passover feast, you're going to remember something far greater than your physical deliverance from Egypt. You're going to remember me. You're going to remember that I am the one who took the place of your sin. You're going to remember your eternal deliverance from death and hell. I am the ultimate Passover lamb once and for all. (laughs) I don't know about you. That gets me so fired up. So a lot goes down on this Maundy Thursday. Jesus, we know, celebrates Passover as we just discussed with his disciples He washes their feet and he exemplifies to them how they are to be out in the world. He gives them a new command or mandatum. Here's the command. John 13, 34, he says, A new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. That's it. Love one another as I have loved you you. He tells them many other things to encourage their soon-to-be downtrodden souls. In John 15, we hear him tell them, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, 
so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. On down in verse 17, he says it again. This is my command, love each other. He immediately follows this command by saying, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to this world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Okay, we're going to get back to the main point of today's little message here in just a bit. But first, let me talk a little bit about what else happened on this night for context. As the Passover feast, the washing of the disciples' feet, Jesus' final teachings to the disciples, his prediction, I'm sorry, after the Passover feast and the washing of the disciples' feet, and Jesus, we see him um, giving multiple, a lot of rich teachings to the disciples. He then, he predicts Judas's betrayal and Peter's denial of him. We know after this that he, Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And here we see him sweating blood because he is in such agony over what he's about to bear. He is ultimately found by Roman guards who were tipped off by Judas Iscariot. And after a spout between the disciples and the guards, Jesus is arrested. And the events leading up to his trial, flogging, crucifixion, and resurrection are now put into motion. Okay, so if you want to know the rest of the story, check out the Gospels. I particularly love John 18 through chapter 18 through chapter 20. We know that Jesus is trialed. He's beaten and mocked. He's nailed to a cross. Think about that for a second. Just let that sink in. Here's a man who loved so unconditionally. He healed the sick. He fed the poor. He proclaimed the kingdom of God. He loved the downtrodden and the outcasts. This man, this perfect man who was once adored by the people, by his people, became absolutely hated. Hated to the point of death on a cross But just like Louis said earlier this week, they thought they were canceling Jesus. But what they did not know was that Jesus was canceling their debt, y'all, their sin, their punishment. The very people who nailed him on that cross, those people, people like you, people like me, people who lie, gossip, cheat, steal, drink too much, eat too much, curse too much, murder, covet, deny him, get jealous over other people's stuff. I mean, the list goes on and on. He died. Those were the people that he died for. Those are the people that he canceled debt for. Me and you. That means that nothing, nothing, I mean nothing can separate us. You and me and people we would consider the worst of sinners from the love of God. He did that for us. If we were a perfect people, the cross would not have been needed. But we ain't perfect. 
And somebody, Jesus, had to die on that cross for our sins. And all we have to do is accept him and ask for forgiveness. Wow. Okay. So how then should we live? If Jesus really came, if he really lived a perfect and holy life, was betrayed by his own, beaten and hung to a cross, went down to hell, rose on the third day and defeated the grave. If we really believe that, if we really love him, if we really have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, how then should we live? I know what you think I'm going to say. We should live good lives. We should not lie, cheat, steal, covet, murder, lust. We should go to church and take care of the poor. We should be generous with our resources and our gifts. We should live holy lives. I mean, yes, of course, all of those things are good. But guess what? Those are all byproducts of a relationship with Him, a remaining in the vine, an intimate, personal relationship and love for Him. Those are natural fruits from a transformed life. We should live by loving Him first and then loving others like He loves us. Love God and your life will naturally bear good fruit. The Bible says it, and it honestly just makes sense, right? Kind of like eat pizza and cookies and cakes all day, every day, and your arteries will ultimately get clogged. But you eat nourishing foods, fruits and veggies and protein and healthy fats and take good care of your body, then your yearly checkups and blood work will reflect that. Spend time with Jesus. Let his word soak up in your heart. Love him with all you've got. And you won't even have to think about how to live. You'll still mess up. You'll still have hardships. You'll say things you shouldn't say and do things you shouldn't do. But your life will look different and you will be transformed. You'll be living from a place of God's approval, not for his approval. Let me say that again. You will be living from a place of God's approval, not for his approval. You will be covered by grace, by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> so how do we love God? It starts by accepting him, by saying, Jesus, I am a sinner. I am a hot mess most days if you're like me. I am in need of a savior and I believe you paid the price for my sin. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe in the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. I want to be a part of your family and I surrender my life to you. I need you and I thank you for being my savior. Then we walk with him. We spend time with him. We worship him. We read his word. We ask him to go before us and behind us and to open our eyes to need around us, to him working in our lives and in others. We ask him to give us wisdom and discernment. And we live by walking with him day in and day out, imperfect humans, loving a perfect God. What next? We love the heck out of people. I mean, yes, we love the heck out of people. The people right in front of us, our spouses, our kids, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, we love so hard. 
It's not hard or complicated as we, and by we, I mean me, often make it. I'm going to share a little something um, with y'all that I have struggled with this year. I know it's been a hard one for all of us. I mean, hello, it's been over a year of a global pandemic. There's been political and social unrest. People have lost jobs and relationships have been scattered, shattered. I mean, it's been tough. I know that. And it's honestly been a reminder of our need for a savior more than ever. For me, one thing that I have really struggled with this year is how to speak and act and think as a Christian woman in healthcare. I have found myself really feeling ill-equipped to always know what to say or do, to not cross boundaries as a healthcare provider, to not compromise my um, convictions as a believer to love people well. I've found myself not wanting to watch the news or scroll on social media or even listen to sermons on my way to work because I've been confused, especially with how there is either all grace and no truth or all truth and no grace or love being presented to people. I think maybe because I work in women's health, I've face a lot of these really relevant issues day in and day out. So I probably have an overly heightened awareness of them. And this year, they have really come to a head at work and in conversations because of, honestly, all that's going on in the world. It's just natural. Um, But I have kept praying for guidance from God's Word and trusted leaders to help me love people well. And if hard conversations do arise... I'm sure you may imagine what those might be in women's health, and I'm sure you may be having those in your life at work or with your friends too. But if those do arise for me not to cower in fear of what someone will think or of turning them away from wanting to know the Lord, but also to be able to speak truth in a loving way, which I really struggle with the truth part because I hate conflict and confrontation so much. I, oh, I hate it. Long story short, I just have in my mind, just it's consumed me. It's consumed my thoughts. It's consumed, you know, it's caused anxiety. But recently I was reading an old journal of mine, um, an old journal entry that I had jotted, I had jotted down something that said, I want to love the hell out of people rather than scare the hell out of them. And, you know, that's so true. Jesus commands us to love him and to love one another above all else. And when we show love to people that we don't think deserve it or that a, you know, they may be a little prickly or hard to love or that we just absolutely don't see eye to eye on on so many levels You know, when we love those people, those people that ridicule us or that make fun of us or that, you know, make us so upset, when we choose to love them and be kind to them, we never know the eternal impact that that is having. And there's a difference in celebrating sin and loving a sinner because we're all sinners, right? And we we honestly don't have the right, nor should we, um, compromise truth 
but we don't get to decide who is deserving of God's love either. I'm going to say that again. We don't have to, nor should we, compromise truth, but we don't get to decide who is deserving of God's love either. And I keep thinking about Jesus and the woman at the well and how he showed her so much love and compassion, but also told her all that she had ever done. He confronted her sin and ultimately led her to repentance. And she left her encounter with him and told everybody in her town. I just can't help but believe that it was because Jesus showed her so much love and grace that she was able to really see the truth. He loved the hell out of her. (laughs) So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm realizing how then we should live in response to what Jesus did on this cross. And it's simple. It doesn't require me to stress about it. It doesn't require me to lose sleep over. We are called to love God and to love people. Easy peasy. And when we have relationships with and influence on others, there may come a point when we have to choose to speak truth. But guess what? It can be done in such a way that they know we are not compromising our love or care for them. Jesus' ministry, his life, did that over and over and over and over again. He changed people's lives and he changed culture from the inside out. I want to live like that and I want you to live like that. We have the freedom to be who he created us to be. We have the freedom to choose whether or not we want to walk with him or not. And I think so often we think that a life with Jesus is constricting and confining and stiff. And in reality, it is the farthest thing from that. It is freeing. It is life-giving. It is joy-filled. It is unlike anything that this world can give us. So, How then should we live on this Maundy Thursday, Maundy Thursday, as we walk into Easter week? Let's love the heck out of Jesus, and let's love the heck out of people, and let's leave the rest up to Him. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Happy Easter weekend. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do me a favor and subscribe and rate us. That always helps us. Um, And be blessed. We will be back in two weeks.